Welcome to Dear Runner Bod, the pod dedicated to helping you embrace your runner's body. I'm Serena Marie RD, a registered dietitian and body image coach who wants you to stop dieting and start fueling the athlete within. While I am a medical professional, the information on this podcast is for educational purposes only and is not meant to diagnose, treat, or cure. Now, let's start rewriting your body's story. So here we are having the conversation that I thought it was going to go really differently. Um, Well, did I? I thought a few weeks ago, I thought it was going to go differently. I think a little bit more recently, I I knew how it was going to go. Um, but today we're going to talk about Marine Corps Marathon. I'm going to give you a little bit of a race recap, a little bit of just like how I'm feeling. It is the Thursday after the race, so it's been about four days of resting, recovering, and just digesting the whole experience. But before we dive into today's episode, I have a few things to say to you. One is I am fresh out of review of the week. So I do not have any review of the weeks to read. Womp womp. And so what this means is one, if you go to Apple Podcasts and post a review, as long as it is a kind review, you're going to win a free masterclass. I mean, there's no better way to get like a free $100 of value, super freaking life-changing, awesome, transformative masterclass than just literally go type like two sentences in Apple Podcasts for me. So do that, please. Not only are you doing it to make me feel happy, but also because it helps the podcast reach more listeners. Um, you know, there's over 7,000 of you listening. So I know we have more than 30 people available to leave a podcast review. Come on, guys, get it together. <laughs> Let's go do that for me. Um, okay, so we got to go leave a podcast review. What else do you need to know? You also need to know that the final round of Food Freedom and Runner Academy is happening this month. And so if you are listening to this episode before November 27th, I just want to encourage you to DM me and let me know you are a podcast listener and you are interested in learning more about Food Freedom Runner Academy. If you are a female runner who, whether you're training right now or if you're in off season, that's also a really awesome time to work on your nutrition. We are going to be focusing on how to really, um, you know, really do a lot of the stuff that I think is going to come up in today's episode when I'm kind of talking about Marine Corps and how, um, even though I didn't run my BQ, how I'm not kind of beating myself up right now to the extent that I would have in the past. So, um, definitely if you're a female runner who is just really tired of using numbers and paces and the scale and before and after pictures to feel good about herself. If you know that there is so much more for you to tap into in terms of your running performance, as soon as you can kind of get your act together and actually start feeling like the athlete you are, if you really want to get over those humps, um, I like to say that this program, I'm going to be holding your hand and kind of teaching you how to eat so that you can eat enough food as an athlete. But at the same time, we're going to be talking to all of those like beliefs uh, you have around food that have held you back in the past, right? Like in the past, you've gone on a diet and it's like, hey, eat this. But no one has asked you, 
hey, when you eat that, do you feel nervous about gaining weight? Hey, when you eat that, do you have, you know, Aunt Linda's voice in the back of your head saying like sugar is addictive, it's going to give you cancer or whatever? We're at the same time we're learning how to eat differently, how to eat like an athlete. At the same time, we are going to learn how to challenge any of those dieting voices that you have in your head. I give you a four-question framework that you are literally going to use to replace any calorie counting or macro counting language. Um, It is a really transformational process. And um, if you're just interested in learning more and you're listening to this before November 27th, just DM me at Serena Marie RD. Let me know you're a podcast listener and you just want some information and details details about Food Freedom Runner Academy. As a pod listener, you're going to get $100 off. So, I mean, why not? Just reach out, learn more. Um, Okay, cool. So we talked about review of the week. We talked about Food Freedom Runner Academy. All that is left to talk about is my race, Marine Corps. So I set out earlier this year with the intention of being on my healed runner girl journey. And what this really meant, if you haven't listened to the episode, um, what this really meant was, you know, in my work in healing my relationship with my body, in my work with healing my relationship with food, um, I have come to a place where I feel really good and confident in my skin. Um, I haven't binge eaten and years, which is so crazy to think about. Um, I have not, you know, counted macros in my head in years, all these things that I didn't think I'd ever escape from. I have peace with. And the one piece of the puzzle I really hadn't fully come to peace with was the training piece. You know, running is something that I do for therapy, for to feel good in my body. Running is something that is very um, meditative for me. But training where I'm doing track workouts, I'm really kind of structuring my workouts with the intention of getting faster, that felt really triggering for me. That was something that I haven't really dove into since I've healed my relationship with food and body. And it was something that I wanted to challenge myself to do um, in 2023. So if we look back to the beginning of 2023, um, and I think this is relevant now as I'm kind of looking at all the pieces in front of me, um, I was not running at all in March and April. I had um, a hip injury, then I had I broke my foot. Um, so you know, March, April, May, I maybe ran 15 miles, like in the whole three months. And um, so when I really decided to start training again, it was the very end of May. I remember because it was literally the week of my sister's wedding. So it was like May 21st-ish. I started running again um, with this intention of trying to um, run a 335 marathon at Marine Corps, um, which was November – or no, I'm sorry, October 29th was Marine Corps. And so essentially I wanted to gain fitness in six months, go from a place of not running at all to hopefully running pretty fast for for, for myself. And um, the way I was going to do this was with training. So I, um, you know, started doing the fast plans by Track Club Babe. I loved them. They were so much fun. But as I was doing them, I was definitely grappling with those demons, right, of like realizing I'm not as fast as I was you know, way back when I used to train consistently, grappling with the fact that, um, you know, workouts felt harder, that maybe back in the day I wouldn't have thought were so hard. Um, All of these like limiting beliefs, these thoughts around what if you don't do well in your track workout and you can't hit your paces, are you going to beat yourself up? And I did this intentionally. Like I knew 
that I was going to be triggered. I knew that I was going to have limiting beliefs come up. And I knew that at this point in my journey, I am strong enough to tackle those things. And this took years of my life to do. And it started with food freedom. This is why I was saying this today's conversation kind of um, is applicable to those of you who are thinking about joining Food Freedom Runner Academy. I used to equate my self-worth, whether I loved myself, whether I was worthy of love with my body size and my pace. And I think all this started in high school for me where, you know, I lost a bunch of weight and I joined the cross country team and I was one of the faster girls. And it was really the first time in my life where I felt like I had friends and I was liked and, you know, respected. And, you know, all of this came from shrinking my body and running fast. And so I've carried this belief into adulthood where, you know, I no longer feel this way. But at one point in adulthood, I thought my body had to be really small in order to be worthy of like praise and love and admiration from my peers. Um, But then also this belief that I think has taken a long time to heal and I'm still healing, which is that if I'm not running fast, then I suck. I, I mean, I don't really know. Hmm. If I'm not running fast, hmm, you know what it is? You know what a big part of it is? Okay, wait, let's pause. We're going to get back to this. So, okay, so point of the story, I started working on speed work because I wanted to heal my relationship with speed work. And I think I made a lot of progress. You know, I definitely had workouts where I skipped the workout or changed the workout because I couldn't do it. And instead of just like kind of being like, hey, Serena, this is a chance to get into the cave pain, the cave pain and get faster. I was almost like, I can't do this. I'm avoiding it. Like it's hard and um, it makes me feel bad about myself. And so I'm not going to do it. I'm afraid of it. I have too much anxiety to do this. But I would say that's the exception. Like most workouts, I showed up. I tried my best. Um, I had, you know, those beliefs come up that like this isn't good enough. And I just kind of talked back to them and said to myself, what challenges me changes me. Like the way to get faster is to do these workouts and push yourself. And eventually if you're consistent, you're going to keep getting faster. That's how this works. We don't get to, you know, take March and April and May off because you have injuries and get faster (laughs) when you're not running, right? Like that's not how this works. We need to show up to the workouts to get faster. So really have made so much progress in that department. I had a lot of fun training. Um, You know, definitely, I mean, I'm, I'm normal. Like by the time, you know, September rolled around, I was like, okay, I'm over this. Like I would like for training to be done. Um, But, you know, I did for the most part really, really enjoy being back on the track, really enjoyed the speed workouts. I'm actually, you know, it's only four days post marathon and I'm like already really excited to um, start fast fall again. I really want to kind of focus on almost like 5k training um, for a little bit here before kind of diving into either a marathon or half. I haven't decided yet for um, the spring. But my point being is like, I loved speed workouts. Like I feel really, I'm like smiling so big right now thinking about it. Like it was really fun for me and I'm really excited to have that back in my life. It felt like a piece of my personality that I had just like stuffed in the closet because I was so afraid of facing this, this less fast version of myself. And now I'm like, I love this less fast version of herself. There's so much room to grow. Like this is so exciting. Um, And so I I think in that regard, 
a lot of healing has happened. And it happens because I faced my fears, right? And going back to food freedom, you know, I found this power in facing the fear, face exposing myself to the thing that scared me, whether it was gaining the weight or eating the fear food or um, you know, running the pace at the that that disappoints part of my ego, right? Realizing that even though that feels hard and uncomfortable, it's going to make me grow and it's going to actually make me grow in a way that makes me a better human and a better athlete. And so like that actually has been a really like beautiful and healing and exciting part of this journey. I think in regards to my healed runner girl era, I've done a really good job with that. Um, that said, a few weeks before the marathon, um, you know, I did my 21 mile run and I, I felt like I was in this place where I was like, if the weather is good, and I'm just like having a freakishly good day, like I could maybe achieve my goal, but it's not going to be like, I didn't feel confident about it. Right. Like I was like, maybe if the weather's good and the taper goes well, and I'm feeling really fresh legged, like maybe it'll happen. But I could just tell towards the end of training there, like between going to Greece for two weeks, between just the fact that I had started with poor fitness when I had started my, my training to begin with, um, I just knew I wasn't ready really to – I didn't feel very confident that I'd be able to do my goal. And then, as you know, if you were following me on Instagram, you saw me freaking out about the weather. <laughs> the weather, like, you know, it definitely wasn't as bad as it could have been, um, but it was very humid that day. Um, October 29th was very humid in D.C. It was actually so humid that they cut um, they, they cut the, the race short. They made the cutoff time. Um, earlier than it was supposed to be because they were concerned about the humidity and the the athletes running. So um, I don't want to put like tons of excuses into the weather, but I definitely think the weather didn't help things. Um, I had been at my sister's wedding three days before, and that was my own stupid choice to dance all night in heels and then race a marathon three days later probably didn't help. But I think all things aside – ready for that goal. I think I I kind of put it out there and um the point of putting it out there was to remind myself that if I fail, it's going to bring up this piece of my ego that's going to be like Serena, this is embarrassing. This is shameful that you can't control your body and make yourself run a certain time on marathon performance day, right? Obviously, there's nothing actually shameful about that, but my ego wants me to feel that way. And um, that morning of Marine Corps, as I was in my sports bra and shorts in the pitch black darkness, the sun hadn't risen yet, and I was already sticky with sweat because it was just so humid and warm out, I just had this moment of like, I started crying. Like I was just, I was... um. I was walking to the event and I was just kind of like, I don't want to race this thing. Like I, I'm a very intuitive person and I don't think this is like the advice I should give to people who are really competitive. Um, but this is honestly how I've always been. And I am, I am competitive. So I don't know. It's advice for myself and you can take it and use it if you want to. But I have always been very 
like intuitive when it comes to racing. And I've trained really hard and then I've shown up on race day. And if I'm feeling it, I'm feeling it and I go for it. And if I'm not feeling it, then I don't go for it. I've never been someone who's like, I don't feel good today, but I'm just going to get in the pain cave and gun it. Um, and, and I don't, you know, when it comes to marathon training, like you only get so many chances to run the marathon. Um, so I don't know if that's the right strategy, but it's who I am. And so I was walking to the event and I was like, it is warm. I can tell I'm not feeling it. I can tell this is not my race to run my 335 BQ. And I'm just going to enjoy it. Like I really wanted to run Marine Corps because I wanted to run in DC. I have heard such amazing things about the beauty of the course. And when I kind of made that decision, um, I was like, going into the corral and these like fighter jets um flew above me and I just felt so at peace. I was like, yeah, like I have nothing to prove. You know, like I here's the thing and here's how this is like going back to what I was saying before I was like let's put this on pause. Here's the thing. Here's where the pressure comes for me now. I have a small following on Instagram and I'm constantly talking about you know, performance and fueling and all of the things. And so I think there's a part of me that feels like if someone's following me and I'm not constantly PRing or running these super speedy times, they're going to be like, Serena doesn't know sports nutrition. Like Serena's full of shit and she doesn't know what she's doing. And so in that moment when I decided I wasn't going to race and I decided I'm just going to enjoy this course, I I had this moment of like, you have nothing to prove. Like, you know what you're doing. Like, you're going out there. You're tolerating 60 grams of carb per hour, which is like a miracle coming from me because I was like, miss poop your pants. Um, And I know what I'm doing. My athletes PR all the time. Like, I don't need to be the poster board child, poster child of my <laughs> nutrition practice. And and here's the thing is like, I'm not going anywhere. Like, I, you know, you never know. But like, I don't think that was my last marathon. I don't think that was my last race. There are plenty of races for me to PR and perform and do well in the future. I don't need to do it on October 29th. And so I really had that like moment of peace with myself. I started crying and it just felt re- it felt like a release. Like it felt like a relief. Like this feels good for me. This is what I want to do. It is aligned with my healed runner girl era. I have nothing to prove today. And I went out there and I had the best time. I was boxed in the first 3 miles, which if I was trying to PR would have made me like, I don't even know. I probably would have nothing but bad things to say right now um, because all of the, you know, wiggling around I would have had to do to get out of the box. I don't even know if I would have been able to manage it, honestly. <laughs> but I was so boxed in the first three miles. And I was just like running around, running there nice and easy, you know, mile one of the marathon. And I was like, dang, like this feels so good. Like it is beautiful. We ran through this little like town and the trees were all these different colors. And I was like surrounded by people chanting, oorah. And it was just like really magical. It felt, it felt right. And it felt so good. And I, I just like really enjoyed that decision that I made for myself, even as early as like mile one and two. (laughs) So anyway, I'm running along, running, 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 and really just like enjoying the beauty of the course. The first few miles are definitely hilly. I had a friend warn me 
do not go fast on the downhills because you will destroy your legs. And I thought that was such good advice. I really kind of slowed myself down. Didn't take those downhills too hard because, you know, I definitely didn't want to destroy my uh, my legs um, going downhill so early on in the race. And um, at some point during the race, I think it was maybe like mile three. It was pretty early on, maybe four. I bumped into a friend. It was so cute. She goes, I I would recognize that freckly back anywhere. And I turn around and it's, it's my friend. And so um, I saw Meg. I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. And I kind of had this moment of like, do I ask her to run with me? Do I ask to run with her? And I don't know. I felt I'm like, if you don't know this about me, I'm like very freakishly polite. It's like paralyzing and part of my social anxiety. So I was like, okay, like, yay, we saw each other. Let's keep running and didn't really stay together. But then when I left her, the second, like we left each other, I was like, God, like it would have been so fun to run with her. Like, why did I leave her? I was beating myself up that I was like, I'm going to keep looking for her and try and find her again. So I'm like basically like finding, playing find Waldo (laughs) during my race, which was distracting and great. And at some point we found each other again. Um, hmm, I don't know. I, I can't remember what mile it was, but when I found her again, I was like, Hey, is it okay if I run with you? And she was basically like, yeah, of course. I don't really remember. And so we ran together and it was really, really nice to just have that camaraderie. It, it like gave me like an extra pep in my step. It like made it feel so exciting to be out there um, enjoying the beautiful weather and making a memory with a friend. It was really, really special and really, really cool. And then plus I got to, you know, benefit from her spectators. Like she has this daughter who I love dearly. And so seeing her daughter on the course, like, filled me with so much joy. And um, yeah, it was just, it was really awesome. So we ran together for like the first 14 or 15 miles. And um, that was really, really special. And I don't know, it just really like made me, it confirmed my my decision to run for myself and to run for joy because I got to make this memory. I've never done that before. I've never run a marathon with a friend. It was really cool. I do want to kind of point out or or mention uh, the Blue Mile, which is essentially this mile, I think it's mile 13, where there are photos of people who were lost in combat. And um, that was really special because you're running this race, um, you know, you're running this race and you're like, God, this is hard. I have 13 more miles to go. And you're just looking at these pictures of these like young people who are gone and they don't get to run and be here today choosing to live their life in this way that I don't know it just it, it made me have so much gratitude for my body and for just life itself I was crying it was just this really beautiful emotional moment um just like praying for the families of the people who who had lost their lives and I'm really just feeling like so so grateful to um our military and and for for life i don't know it sounds so silly but for life itself it was just like i don't know marathons make me emotional do they make you emotional i feel like i can't be alone in this way like i was crying during taper i was crying on my way to the course i was crying during the blue mile i mean i just felt so like surrounded by love it was it was pretty cool um so yeah, I got to run with my friend the first 14-ish, 15-ish miles. But the other thing that was awesome about Marine Corps, besides the fact that it is just like dropped and gorgeous, like seeing like these incredible monuments as you're running along um, the water with the, the foliage changing and, and like 
the Marines, like, I don't know, something about like the Marines being there in uniform. It was just very like inspiring. Um, they kept making announcements or like having signage that said like, your mission, like it is time for you to complete your mission. And I don't know, something about thinking about like completing the marathon as a mission really made it so much more fun for me. I like felt like I was in a video game or something. And I was like, this is, this is my mission. Like, yeah, I don't know. Something about the word mission was so cool. And I think I'm going to keep using that when I am trained for future races is thinking about like my mission and unlocking all these different levels of the mission. There was the hilly part and there's the part where you say you can't do it. And there's the part where you meet your friend and there's the part where you see your loved ones on the side spectating. And so, um, yeah, I, you know, everything about it was just so cool. Um, but the other thing I really loved was that the race is really conducive to spectating. There's lots of loops where you kind of like run up and then you run back. And I will say, um, you know, I'm not from DC, so it's not like I'm super familiar with the course. And I didn't like I was afraid that because there was all these out and backs, I was going to feel like bored, like, oh, I already did this and I'm turning around and doing it again. But it didn't feel like that to me. Like it was so beautiful and so like new and exciting to be there. I didn't feel like, oh, I'm going out and back over and over again. I'm bored. But the thing that was great is it made it really easy for your spectators to just like, you know, cross the street and they'd get to see you at mile 15 and then again at mile 16. And so something that was really special for me was my mother-in-law actually flew from Washington state to DC to watch me run the marathon. And it was just, it was so special. And I think it was really healing for the little girl in me. Um, because that is something I've always craved. My family's not super, like, I don't know, involved in, supporting me in these types of things. And so to have like a mother figure kind of do that for me was just like so special. And every time I saw her, I would start crying. And um, that was amazing. And and again, kind of going back to this idea of running for fun, I got to stop and like give my husband a kiss when I saw him at mile 15. I got to like slow down and give her a big wave when I saw my mother-in-law, um, let her take the pictures. Uh, she was like, oh, this is so exciting, you know? So, so it was, it was really special to, to see my, my husband and my mother-in-law there, Meg's family out there. Um, that was just really special. And I, I really got to savor the moment instead of it being like a blur. Like, you know how like when you're dying <laughs> during the marathon and someone's like, you look great. And you just kind of like glare at them and you're like, I can't deal with you right now. Like I really got to like make eye contact, look at them, wave, get so excited to see them. Like really got to be myself instead of that like half alive version of yourself that's just like pushing as hard as you can. Um, and I saw my husband on, um, I think it was around mile 21 too. And that was also really special because I got to see him before kind of being in this like more like quiet stretch of the race. Um, and I had asked him specifically, like, please make sure I see you during the 20s. And so the fact that he made that happen was just like very special. So definitely this is a podcast episode where I'm just pretending I'm talking to you and I'm saying the word like 6,000 times. So hopefully that's not too irritating for you to listen to. 
So I, um, so yeah, I, I, I did, I, I don't want to say I stopped because it wasn't like I stopped and walked, but like I stopped, I filled up my water bottle. You know, if I was racing, I would have just been grabbing the cups and refilling my bottle, um, as I'm running. So I definitely took this race as like a, um, less, less intense, racing opportunity. And, um, that said, I felt really good. I, I very, like very much so remember seeing the 20 sign, the the sign for mile 20. And I was like, oh, I only have six more miles to go. Like I felt great. I, I felt like excited. I was like, dang, like this is flying by. I only have six more miles, which, you know, when you think back to your, your training runs, when you're trying to hit 20 and you're like, God, I've been running for days. Like, when is this going to end? You know, the fact that when you're in a race and you're having so much fun, that 20 miles flies by and you're like, oh, only six more to go. I don't know. That blew my mind when I had that thought. That was like a very like, I was like, okay, Serena, like I see you. Um, that, that, that felt good to have that, that moment of recognition in my brain. The last six miles are definitely, or I'd say like the last, yeah, six miles are definitely not as like incredibly exciting and beautiful. There's not as many crowds. You do go over this like big bridge. Um, but honestly, um, bridges and straightaways are something that I my my mental state really enjoys. I really like to be able to like see um, what's in front of me. And so like I actually really liked that there was this just like kind of long straightaway where I could see where I was going. Um, so that was exciting for me. I really enjoyed it. I also will say like the sun wasn't quite out yet. I think if it had been sunnier when I was running on that bridge, it would have been death because <laughs> it was quite humid. Um, but the sun didn't really start coming out until I was like getting closer to the finish line. Um, Speaking of finish line, that was the one part of the race that I really did not appreciate. You know, um, the race, you end on this like kind of very um, gradual uphill and, and that's fine. Like that, I was like, this is annoying, but it's fine. But then when you get to the very end, like literally, I think it must be the last I feel like it's like the last 0.2 miles. Like it's really small. There's this very sharp hill. And I was just like, "Uh uh-uh, I am not having this. Like I like basically like jog walked up and I was like, screw this. This is horrible. Um, So that was the one part of the race that I did not appreciate. But like I said, it was really small, like maybe 0.1 mile hill. That was very sharp at the very end. Um, yeah, I mean, maybe I think I'm I'm definitely messing this up. Don't take my word for this, but it's the very end, very sharp hill, very annoying. And then there's this like straightaway where I could pick it up and kind of sprint to the end. And when I finished, I, I didn't even look at my watch. Um, I was just kind of like, you know, it is what it is. Um, I felt I felt really good. Um, my splits were not super even, but again, like I was just running on feel. So the beginning I was boxed in and then I found Meg and I was running Meg's, I was running with Meg and then, um, you know, Meg and I separated and then I was running based on how I felt. And so my pace was kind of all over the place, but I finished feeling really good. Um, the, let's think about this. Oh, uh, the the lieutenants, the new lieutenants give you your medal. And that was really special. I made sure I had a female lieutenant. Um, I was like, girl power. Uh, so that was exciting to, to kind of have that interaction. Um, the Marines are just so sweet. They were chanting, oorah, which I still, I didn't look up what that means or why they say that. But I loved that. They were like, let me get a oorah. And I was literally the only one that was like, oorah. <laughs> 
And the guy's like, let me get an oorah. And again, it was just me. Oorah. I was like, okay, well, I'm excited about the oorah. Um, hopefully it doesn't, I mean, I'm assuming it doesn't mean anything bad if the Marines were saying it. And uh, yeah, so that was how the race went. Lots of feelings, lots of enjoyment, lots of awesome feelings. And then I finished and I opened my Instagram. And the second I opened my Instagram, the shame hit. I was like, oh my God, people are going to be like, she said she's going to run a 335 and she didn't even come close to it. And she sucks and she's a bad dietitian and she's slow. And which, you know, again, this is not like rational person talking here. I'm not slow. And if I was a slower athlete, who freaking cares, right? But I'm just like telling you what the shame was telling me. Um, The negative self-talk set in. And I really had to like level with myself and be like, listen, if there is anyone following you right now who is thinking those things, they can unfollow you. (laughs) And good riddance to those people. I say this to my clients all the time. I'm like, listen, if there is a friend or a family member that's literally like, I don't want to hang out with you anymore because you've gained weight. I mean, what kind of shitty person is that? Like, I think we've done ourselves a favor. Like, let's throw them out the window. Let's get rid of them, right? And so the same, I had to use that same like reframe with myself of like, if there is anyone who's like, Serena's a crap dietitian and she didn't run her her goal pace today, she sucks. Like, okay, then please unfollow me. You are not welcome here. Please don't listen to my podcast. Please have nothing to do with me. Um, So almost like putting myself back into that place of power where it's like, I don't want that kind of person in my life. I don't want them on my Instagram page. Like they are not going to receive my message of self-love and self-compassion because clearly that's not something that they understand and are ready to understand. And bye-bye, right? Bye. No thanks. Um, but again, like I, I just want to recognize the fact that like that shame does come up and it's not a hundred percent gone. And I'm not saying that because I want you to DM me and be like, oh my God, Serena, you're amazing. Like, no, like, please don't do that. Like, I am processing this stuff. And I, you know, I really want to acknowledge the the feeling of and, right? Like I can feel like I had an awesome race and I'm proud of myself. And I can't believe my body is so healthy that I can get to mile 20 and be like, oh, there's only six miles left. I can't believe my body is so healthy that I can tolerate 60 grams of carb per hour. I can't believe that in that level of humidity, I was not dehydrated as frick because that was something I used to really struggle with. Um, you know, I felt amazing after the race. I was walking around, I was jumping around, I was dancing around. Like I am strong and I am healthy and I have so much like pride and, um, I'm just like impressed with how far I've come as a human. Um, and, and, and I can be disappointed I can want that 335. I can be disappointed I didn't hit it. I can be upset that the weather was crappy. I can be mad that I had my period and, you know, my sister's wedding. I, I'm i not really mad about my sister's wedding. <laughs> that was really fun. But, like, just acknowledging, like, okay, that probably didn't help, Serena. That was stupid of you. Um, but my point is, is, like, you can feel more than one thing. We don't have to choose to either not be proud of ourselves or be proud of ourselves. We can be proud and still have that fire in our belly that we want to do more. Okay. So 
Um, that's really the point of the story here is I don't have my ego screaming at me because let me tell you right now, I have run races um, where I have, you know, run a PR, but I could have, you know, instead of being, you know, at 331, I could have been 330. And instead of fixating on the fact that I PR'd and oh my God, and this is amazing. I would be like, oh my God, I should have run 10 seconds faster and just ruminating on that and hating myself and getting so angry. Like, oh my God, if I had done this differently, like, I mean, who finishes a race and does that to themselves, just tears themselves apart, right? I, I, I'm not doing that. I, I, I feel like this very like level-headed, like, hey, I wish I had run faster and it had gone differently. And I'm proud of myself. It feels completely different than how I used to experience racing. The other thing I want to acknowledge is, you know, running a marathon is a very bloating activity. Um, You are carb bloating for days. It is making you bloated. You are then taking in um, tons of salt and water and sugar while you are running the race. That is making you bloated. And then um, you are literally tearing apart your muscles. There is so much creatine kinase. You are probably creating an acute kidney injury. Um, those All those things cause fluid imbalance, cause you to bloat, cause you to retain water. You finish this race and you are just bloated as F. And then not to mention if you didn't run the way you wanted to run, which is what happened to me, right? There was this piece of me that wanted to be like, oh my God, like beat up on your body, like hate your body, right? The body is like the scapegoat. Whenever we are upset or upset or our life is not going well, we want to just be like, oh, it's my body's fault. I need to shrink my body. That's the solution. And I like did not have that conversation with myself. Whenever I felt uncomfortable or triggered in my skin, I was just like, well, yeah, you're bloated as as anything right now. Like you were so bloated. Of course, you're not feeling like sexy and strong. Of course, you're feeling kind of uncomfortable in your skin. There is no bloated, no human being more bloated than the human beings that just ran the marathon with you. Like we are all bloated as F right now. And even the days after, right? I would say today's Thursday. Um, so today's probably the first day where I still, can tell I'm kind of bloated, but today's really the first day that like I'm starting to feel um, like less bloated <laughs> than I had been feeling. My appetite has been all over the place. I have been so bloated and it has felt uncomfortable and I've just been wearing some loose clothes and just not engaging in that part of the conversation my brain wants to have where I'm just beating myself up. So all this to say, um, that was a, this, today's episode is really not structured. I am literally just word vomiting at you and I hope you enjoyed today's conversation. I hope you enjoyed the honesty of today's conversation. Um, again, I don't want anyone reaching out and being like, oh my God, you're amazing. Like, like I, like, listen, I know I'm amazing. (laughs) I'm proud of myself, right? Um, but if you want to have a conversation along the lines of just like, understanding how to talk back to that critical voice and understanding how to have that experience of and where we can be disappointed and proud of ourselves, we can want to do better and feel really impressed with what our body is capable of. If you want to have any conversations about that kind of thing, please DM me because you know I love talking about this stuff. And if you are an athlete who is 
kind of um, putting fall racing season to rest and you're reflecting back on you know, the season that we just went through and you're realizing that now that you're not running as much, now that you're not training as hard, you're really struggling to eat or to eat foods that you've labeled as bad or to eat carbohydrate because you don't feel like you can right now because you're not running hard enough. Really invite you to spend the holidays with me. Let's do Food Freedom Runner Academy together. This is the perfect time of year to face those challenges because that way by the time our next training cycle comes about, you are going to be prepared to have that athlete mentality where you're going to give yourself permission to eat like the athlete you are and really reap the benefits of of what you are capable of doing as an athlete. Um, so definitely, again, like I said, you are going to get $100 off for being a podcast listener. So DM me and let me know you're interested in learning more about Food Freedom Runner Academy um, if you are listening to this before November 27th. So thank you for listening, friend. Seriously, this podcast community means so much to me. Um, it has brought me so much joy. Every time someone DMs me and is like, I listen to your podcast and it helps me so much. And I look forward to listening to the next episode. I don't know. Something about this platform is really special. I get mad at Instagram a lot. I love Instagram, but like there's a lot of drama (laughs) in my relationship with Instagram. But this is a very like peaceful, loving platform for me. So the fact that you listen to it means the world. And yeah, hope you have a good race if you have a race coming up here soon. And I will talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Dear Runner Bod. If you enjoyed what you heard, remember to subscribe and make sure you share today's episode. Also, if you're looking to download a free three-step guide to love your runner's bod, then head to serenamarierd.com. Can't wait to chat with you next week.